Hello, that's the sound of the centre of London, which is probably the very last place you would need the car that I'm going to drive in this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. This is Gareth Jones on a bus, as you've heard. I'm on my way today to test a car. This happens out in High Wycombe, which is to the west of London. I was going to drive there in my Toyota Sora today, but unfortunately I put it in for a little work at my local repair station, and it's not ready. So I'm having to use public transport, a variety of walking, bus, train and taxi in order to get to what is a fairly remote location with some fairly extreme challenges for the car that I'm going to drive today. I'm not going to tell you any more about it just at the moment because I'm still on my way there. As soon as I get there, you'll find out what the car is. Well, there's an interesting sound. I'm out in the countryside in a place called CJ Churchill's, which is, amongst many other things, a shooting range. And I'm speaking quietly because it's all very refined and gentle out here in rather nice gardens in the pouring rain a very refined location for the launch of a vehicle which is striving to improve its levels of refinement i kid you not the car that i am here to drive today is the eighth generation of the toyota hilux yeah one of those massive pickups that zog hates we drove to Le Mans. Oh, you nearly got me with that one. We drove to Le Mans in a Nissan equivalent of this massive long cab pickup the other week. And whilst Zog says he hates that sort of vehicle and it has no business outside of a builder's yard or a, a ranch, uh, he did adapt to it really well because the last leg of the journey, when we were driving back from Le Mans, from Dover to West London where Zog lives, he was ushering that vehicle around like a champion he had adapted completely to it and it was a delicious ride on that car so you could argue that the king of all the pickups at the moment is the Hilux it might be the best known brand it might be the biggest seller in terms of pickups around the world I don't know but knowing Toyota that is quite likely this car is available in three different body styles and I'm going to have to just refer to my blurb here that I've just been given. I can tell you if you've ever noticed pickups going around they all look very different. Some of them look like they should be on builders yards and some of them look like they should be carrying jet skis or snow skis to a mountain retreat or something. So a pickup can be many, 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 many different things, in my opinion. Okay, the three body styles you can get the Hilux in are the standard 
two-door cab, then the extra cab, which adds a little bit of space behind, and then the double cab. Looking around here, I can only see double cabs. I don't think any of the vehicles parked outside the venue at the moment are anything other than double cabs and they look pretty snazzy too when you put them on 18 inch wheels they start to look a bit purposeful and the looks of the high looks <laughs> no pun intended it was an accident it honestly was the looks of the Hilux is something that Toyota I've just been reading the blurb say that they've been working on they want it to look more rugged it's lost some of its sheer ruggedness over the eight generations that have appeared since 1968. Now that is a long time, isn't it? That's a car that's very familiar. You look at it now, you go, oh yeah, that's a Hilux. But it's a completely different car to the previous generation. It's got a new 2.4 litre global diesel engine. It's got a new ladder platform, which is 20% more rigid, apparently. And it's got a new three brake control system with, I believe, some kind of hill descent and some kind of hill ascent auto traction control thing but i shall find out more about that in a minute because we get to drive these cars today not only do we get to drive them on the road but i believe there's some off-roading we can do as well i don't know about whether we get to do any towing though because this thing has a towing capacity of 3.5 tons i doubt if we'll do any towing i don't think i've ever done any towing if i'm honest hey it'll be a fun day I'll be exploring the Hilux. Gareth Jones on speed! I used to love reading about car launches in car magazines. George Bishop would always discuss the meal that he had in great detail and the wine and where the environment was that this whole thing happened. I'm going to do a little bit of that just for tradition's sake. I just had the most lovely roast sweet potato filled with chickpeas and the most glorious salad which is a very sort of vegetarian <laughs> meal. I am a veggie, I eat fish, I'm vegetarian. I can't think of a bigger contrast between the lily-livered, fashionable northeast London alternative vegetarian culture and driving a pickup truck. You can probably tell I'm inside one now. I've just been given a car to drive around and been given a, a small brief on how to operate it. This is the double cab. Yes, all the versions here today are double cab. And this is the Invincible. I think there are four levels of trim. The Active is the base. Icon, first one up. Invincible, adding all sorts of stuff. And then Invincible Plus, adding even more stuff. First impressions, this is the other thing. Right, okay, I've done a bit as George Bishop talking about the food. I'm going to do a bit as Chris Goffey. Because Chris Goffey, in his days on old, old, old Top Gear, he used to always start with the first thing you notice. He'd wear a big woolly jumper, he'd have a beard, and his son would later be a drummer in Supergrass. But he'd always start with the first thing you notice. And the first thing you notice in the cab is it's all very blue. If you turn it on, all the illumination and detailing in the instruments and the huge display for the sat-nav, which is all very shiny and glossy, is all very blue and very modern. There are other sort of durable 
plastics around but everything of course that you touch is soft the doors have got these nice soft padded i like that material it's almost like neoprene very good but lots of good old plastic and lots of shiny stuff as well now i've got to familiarize myself with this vehicle and we'll go for a bit of a drive i think and we're rolling smoothly away the version i'm in this invincible is the automatic which is a six speed auto and we're very high up i'm driving at the moment on the little lane that connects the center where all this is happening um, What's happened to the navigation? Hold on. <laughs> I thought the navigation was set, and I think I've actually just unset it. Hold on. Um, um. Okay, sat nav sorted. That wasn't difficult. It's a nice big display. It's not Tesla size, but it is a good size and easily reachable. I feel like I'm sitting quite cab forward. It's very chunky. You know, if they're after sending the message that this thing is solid, then I think that message is loud and clear. It is solid. It does feel it. Also, bouncing around a little bit because we're empty. I keep saying we, as if you're actually in the vehicle with me. I think you probably are virtually, aren't you? Okay, revs pick up before the rest of the vehicle catches up. It's very wet at the moment. Um, just wiping the windscreen, you probably hear that because the microphone is mounted right on the windscreen there. So, sorry if you hear any extraneous noises. Okay, gotta get my speed down to 30 miles per hour as we smoothly go through a little village. Been circumspect because there's a series two Land Rover Discovery just reversing onto the road I was driving on there and I've now overtaken him which is pretty much what's happened with the pickup and Land Rover you know a long time ago the best option you had if you wanted a vehicle with a lot of ability was to buy perhaps a long wheelbase Land Rover, what do they call it, the 110 inch wheelbase, but over the years more and more farmers have gone for the ute, the sport utility option, the pickup, and in many ways they are the first choice for a lot of people who live out in the country who have to, I don't know, throw bales of hay in the back of the car or have to carry a couple of sheep around if they've got a top box to keep it safe. Just making way for a rather nice BMW here. Yeah, I'm big, I'm big. I think the dimensions of the latest Hilux are slightly different to the dimensions previously. I think it's slightly longer, slightly lower, and possibly wider. Okay, wants me to go this way. Seems to be driving through an estate. I'm not sure if I've understood the sat-nav correctly. I think it's doing its best to send me back to where we started. I shall fight the instructions for a while and see where it takes me. Finger trouble with the sat-nav. 
somehow I reset it to return back to where I left so it wouldn't let me leave so I've now reprogrammed the destinations and we'll try and go for a proper drive I have to say I was encouraged a second ago I parked in a fairly tight position so I was just popping in and popping out again and had to reverse the vehicle out and of course it's got a camera I think that you need a camera in the rear on something as vast as this there are lots of little cars which have cameras as well which I think uh, I'm just going to move those keys so they don't rattle around lots of little cars which have cameras on them you just don't need cameras on little cars save your weight just look over your shoulder <laughs> But with something like this, yes, camera's a great idea. And all the proximity warnings that you get as well. It was beeping and squeaking for me, giving me plenty of warning that something might touch one of the other vast Hiluxes parked in the array of cars to choose from outside. But I didn't touch anything. And of course, if you're ever driving something or doing anything for the first time, this is when you're going to make mistakes early on, isn't it? Make mistakes early on, then you learn. So I've been very careful and circumspect about how I drive this thing at the moment, which floats very smoothly, I have to say. I'm on an A road in Buckinghamshire, I think that's where High Wycombe is, forgive me if I'm wrong. And uh, yeah, very smooth. I remember noticing on the French motorways that the Nissan Navara we had was notably smooth. And I think that's something that a well-developed pickup can offer these days you can get a floaty ride from a pickup if you've got the weight balance right it's not too loaded and it's not empty uh, despite the fact that it's got leaf rear suspension it's got fully independent front suspension but the rear is a bit agricultural is the wrong word but industrial is perhaps the right word but what I noticed about driving the Volkswagen Amarok was that it was great fun on roundabouts because of that lively rear end. Honestly, it was a charm of a thing to hurry around. It reminded me in some ways of a Morris 1000 or a Mark 1 Cortina. That sort of car that you have to drive around a roundabout. You have to make corrections as you exit and corrections as you brake and enter. And that's proper driving. That's cool. Now, can you hear the engine? can't really thrash it here because I'm in a little village but as soon as I get a nice hill I'm gonna floor it and uh, select power mode there are two modes down by the transmission tunnel here eco and power and I will try the power mode I don't know which one I'm in at the moment I'm sure there's an indicator there it is it says eco on the dash dash is nice by the way it's very modern like I said very blue very futuristic it's giving me a readout, it's telling me I'm in drive, it's telling me it's 15 degrees C outside, it's averaging 31.4 miles per gallon, that's pretty good really isn't it, for something this vast, and at the moment I'm getting about 18 miles to the gallon, doing uh, I'd say 32 miles per hour in a 40 mile per hour A road, so let's see where it gets that 31.4 from as it goes through the gearbox I suppose. And it's raining again. Something nice about driving in the rain, in something as tall as this, as high riding, you do feel isolated from the massive puddles when you've got 17 or 18 inch wheels. I think this has got 17 inch wheels, this one. You see a 
bit of standing water by the side of the road and you think, pa, no problem for me. And that again is part of the appeal of the pickup. Functionality, something which will just take you anywhere. And as you know, the Hilux has a pretty good reputation. The Dakar, it's the only car to have driven to the North and the South Pole. And it's been up that unpronounceable volcano in Iceland. It really is a go-anywhere vehicle. Okay, ooh, wow, some amazing a red kite, two of them, beautiful. They're big, two of them flying together over the road. That's beautiful. You see, I like organic, natural things as well as big old lumps of engineering. Okay, I've engaged power mode. Let's put my foot down at 50 and see what happens. A lot of revving, a lot of changing down. And we gradually increase pace. Yeah, I think that's probably quick enough for this little road. Yeah, plenty there. I would imagine this thing's got 11 billion newton meters of torque available to it. A lot more torque than brake horsepower. It's a 2.4 litre turbo diesel, which is, I think, about the default size for pickups like this. Ooh, bit of driving now. I'm in two-wheel drive mode. Accurate around medium speed bends. As I see an Amarok going the other way with all the styling bars. You know those styling bars, those chrome bars which sit behind the cab? What are they for? They look great, but what are they for? I'm not entirely certain. When I took an Amarok camping last year, I did actually use those styling bars to strap down a bit of canvas that I'd used to cover all my camping equipment. And that, I should say, is why I'm interested in pickups. Being a motorsport fan, if you're like me, you like to go to motorsport events like Le Mans, like the British Grand Prix, then really the best way to do it is to camp. More red kites, what are they? They're beautiful very pronounced pointy tail like a swift red very large wow amazing sorry um the best way to enjoy motor races is to camp at the circuit and i've taken a whole host of vehicles camping over the years and this year as you know we took a pickup with a low cover over the load bay not a full height cover you know that's taller than the cab just about the same height and that made a big difference because last year it was a bit of a faff if I'm honest putting all the camping gear in the load bay and then covering it with a tarpaulin of some kind and yet another kite this is incredible and here it really is come to Buckinghamshire for the wildlife two of them again wow flying down the middle of the road in a little town now and how about that the vehicle proximity warning tells me it was a vehicle slowing down in front to look at the birds as well no doubt you heard it beeping so yeah loading your load bay with a canvas cover can be a bit of a drag and also if you leave your car your pickup unattended with all your camping stuff in the back it feels a little exposed you know if you're going to carry something like a jet ski or a go-kart or something you might be less concerned about someone being able to whip that away but smaller items 
can get whipped away. So there is the downside to the pickup over the van or in a fully enclosed vehicle. But when I went to Le Mans this year, we had a box and that meant we could leave stuff overnight. Although that box wasn't completely watertight. There was a bit of dribblage into the car, even as we drove to France. Yes, it did rain a bit, not dreadfully, but it did rain a bit and water got in and sloshed around. Luckily, because it had a corrugated floor, then the water managed to stay away from anything and didn't do any damage really. But that's worth checking out. If you're thinking of getting a pickup with a box on the back, ask, is the box absolutely watertight? I'm on the motorway now. 60 miles per hour on the M40, cruising in power mode. Air conditioning is keeping me nice and cool and I feel like a king of the road I have to say. You can see the appeal, an awful lot of people want a big high riding vehicle for that sense of security which of course is a false sense of security because you're travelling in something twice the weight and if it's four wheel drive and you've got slippy conditions you probably think you can go twice as fast. And when it's icy and you brake, you're now going much more quickly than you would in a smaller vehicle that didn't have four-wheel drive in a vehicle that's so much heavier, it's going to take longer to slow down. So it is a false sense of security, but people like to feel secure. You can see the appeal. There are cash advantages to buying a pickup. You can get your VAT back, of course. It's a commercial vehicle if you're buying it for the company. And so that is probably one of the contributing factors as to why, wow, big rain, why you see so many pickups these days and not all of them are used by builders. A lot are used by people like me who like to do a bit of camping. Oh, Mrs. Erodius going by. I love you, you're so ugly. You make pickups look lovely. Actually, I do like the styling of pickups. And I have to confess, those styling bars on the back are what turns something that looks industrial into something that says, I have a lifestyle. I don't like bull bars on the front of vehicles because you don't need them, because you're not going to hit a bull or a kangaroo. You don't live in the prairie or in the outback. And if you live in cities, the chances of hitting a pedestrian with a bull bar don't bear thinking about. There are alternatives. You can buy plastic bull bars now. That's quite cool. I'm doing 60. Revs are down to 1,500 revs and it's really quiet, isn't it? So yes, you can tick the box, refined. Is it any more refined than the Navara? Hmm, good question. I'll get back to you on that. Is it any more fun to drive than the Amarok? I'll find out. The Amarok I drove was manual, which meant it was a bit more of a driver's experience in and out of roundabouts. But this is an auto with the ability to change up and down if I slide the gate to one side. So I'll have a bit of a drive and I'll report back to you. I was just musing for a minute as I rolled past a Toyota Prius on how long it would be before Toyota start putting hybrid energy recovery systems in their pickups. You can see that there might be a couple of advantages in doing that. 
You know that new Aston Martin RB001 hypercar designed by Adrian Newey? It doesn't have a reverse gear. It relies on the electric motor that's also the energy recovery system to give it reverse. Now that's a racer's thinking. That's good, isn't it? Now, pickups have got quite a bit of extra space on board. You know, there's always a little bit of room in a pickup because it's designed to have a lot of space. So you could conceive of a version of a pickup which was, I suppose, front-wheel drive, but had an electric motor on the rear axle, which did all the energy recovery, and could be coupled up to give you permanent four-wheel drive when you needed. I guess, like the Synergy system that Toyota have in the Lexus RX series. That car has a connection between the motor and the rear wheels as well as the front. Or you could retain the rear wheel drive connection to the motor. That's probably preferable if you're designing a load lugger and have electric motors or one electric motor on the front which doubled for energy recovery. That would give you four-wheel drive when you need it and energy recovery. I think I might mention it to them at some point. Imagine that you could do that using the hybrid systems. That would give you improved efficiencies. Whilst all car manufacturers are required to seek better efficiency all the time, that's not a bad idea. I think, you know, we could see this in a few years. I'm guessing, I'm hoping, I'm suggesting. We expect a lot of our cars these days, you know, instant connection, lots of power sources, air conditioning, cruise control, and a lot of that stuff you get on little hatchbacks these days, which is the sort of thing that we used to get on premium cars only. So what is premium these days? What does premium mean? When you can get all that kind of stuff on a pickup. I'm just navigating around about which way am I going? This way? Thank you. Yeah, this car comes with all that kind of stuff. It's got cruise control. It's got two 12-volt cigarette-type power sockets in the dash. It's got a USB connector as well, although I haven't coupled my phone to the infotainment system because it might interrupt while we're recording. I'm sure I could do that with the gift of Bluetooth, which seems to be on everything these days. Harold Bluetooth, who united Scandinavia would be very happy to know that his name has united phones and infotainment systems and headsets worldwide. There you go, a little factoid. Did you know where that's why Bluetooth got its name from? Harold Bluetooth? I think because it was developed in part by Nokia, who are Scandinavian, so they're going to find a Scandinavian brand. If it was Welsh, what would it be called? Llewellyn Ap Griffith, who united Wales. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you'd say, oh yeah, I can couple my phone to the infotainment system using the Chevalier app Griffith. It's just not going to catch on, is it? Bluetooth translates a bit better. Or <laughs> works as a better brand. You can hear the wipers working overtime because of the proximity of the microphone to the windscreen. But it's a filthy, filthy day out there. It's wretched.
And actually, if I was camping and I had a pickup, I'd be quite grateful because one of the problems of camping is getting your stuff away when it's raining. Ideally, you want to put your tent away dry. You don't want to pack it wet, otherwise you'll get mildew growing on it in you know just two weeks. Stuff will start to grow. So, you know, getting the stuff packed in the vehicle quickly is a very important thing. And if it does start to rain, pickups are quite easy to load because you've got that little bit of extra space. It's not like playing real-world Tetris where you have to find a slot for the chairs, find a slot for the cooker, find a slot for the table, leave room for your own bags. Oh, I can just get that flagpole down there. In a car, it's a lot more detailed procedure just trying to put things away. Whereas if you have a surface of volume, like a pickup, you can just throw your stuff in. Big fan of that. Still the rain persists and I just experienced something that is quite marked in pickups with lots of grunt and that is if you pull away when it's very wet they do skeeter a little bit if you're also doing a right hand turn a 90 degree right hand turn I kind of like that you know it reminds me of driving transits when they're empty I used to be a roadie as you know and one of the greatest handling vehicles of the planet is a short wheelbase transit or even twin rear wheel transit when it's empty oh you can throw them around they're lovely but listen to the rain so it's not surprising that this thing skeeters around a little bit but the front end's utterly planted and it's only a matter of power on the rear wheels that makes it skeeter on what is a very slimy greasy road I've been getting to know the transmission now I've shifted out of eco into power mode and in power mode it really does pull you away from roundabouts and things really nicely there is plenty of oomph there and if you want to be an eco person then you just press the eco button and that stops you from using up energy that you don't really need but makes you feel better okay I'm going to tell you something that's got nothing to do with cars whatsoever but I'm going to mention it anyway you know I'm a big Star Trek fan well the guy who used to play the Vulcan in Voyager the Vulcan in Voyager of course was called Tuvok and the actor who played him was called Tim Russ and I've just passed an estate agent's sign and the name of the estate agent was Tim Russ spelt exactly the same way T-I-M-R-U-S-S so it looks like Tuvok has moved into the area of real estate I suppose it was the logical thing to do. I'm so sorry. I'm enjoying the uh, the fabric seat covers as well. Not leather, not plastic. I like a bit of fabric because it's cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter than leather or plastic. It really is. The rear seat looks vast as well with two cup holders in the middle and a fold-down centre armrest. Yeah, I suppose if you fancy something that was like a land cruiser, offered that sort of versatility, that ability to go off-road and hike an awful lot of stuff around with you, but you couldn't afford a land cruiser, I think a Hilux is a reasonable alternative. That's how far they've come. Yes, it is a pickup truck, but a pickup truck doesn't 
mean it has to be agricultural in the same way that a city car doesn't have to be basic so I think once again Toyota have identified what makes their car popular and they've focused on that because that's what Toyota do they're very good at that oh roundabout coming up third exit good let's see yes that was fun I think the suspension on this car on laden is pretty good you can usually tell if I'm going over bumpy stuff you'll hear the microphone rattle and there's no real rattling at the moment as far as I can tell one last observation about the road handling of this car I don't know if it's the ratio of the steering or if it's this thing understeering a little bit but it does require quite a hike to get it into a corner you find yourself going into a corner deep and then turning late and turning hard and I don't remember the Navara or the Amarok behaving like that so in terms of steering I think the Amarok has better steering but this is a very easy vehicle to pilot you just got to remember to be a bit more heavyweight about things you know turn it in use the wheel it's a very long wheelbase of course very long wheelbase and so you've got an awful lot of vehicle to get round a corner you have to allow for that maybe it's just a matter of adapting right that concludes the on-road test i think i'll head back to base and see if i can take this thing in some uh, sloppy mountainous stuff off-road driving expert Anthony Lynch was given the task of guiding me through a long and varied off-road course, through woods, up and down hills, squelching through bogs, and at one point, even wading a deep river. I spent an hour doing this, so here's the best bits, condensed into Gareth Jones on Speed Time. We're entering through a little gateway. It's just it. an old keeper's track here, which is still in use. A keeper's track? Yeah. yeah. Most of the stuff we're doing is going to be natural. There's no man-made stuff whatsoever. Yeah. So we just want to show the truck in a walking environment. Yeah. And do you know what tyres we've got on this? We've just got, got standard road tyres on yep. at the moment. We don't have all terrains on. We're going down a track which is sort of clay and sludgy and... Weird. Gently bouncing around, I think. Gently, yeah, yeah. Keeping it under control. Indeed. That's the important thing, isn't it? To keep the Absolutely, maps under yeah. control. That's what it's all about. Yeah. I have limited off-road experience, Anthony, and I am completely... OK, evil. well, let's keep it nice and steady. Let's just yeah. ease off just a little bit. Yeah. We'll be bouncing around a lot less then. <laughs> So just keep it nice and steady. We'll go downhill here in a few minutes. Yeah. And it's not a bad place to let your downhill assist give you a little bit of help. And when it's slippy, that sort of thing is essential, really. Yeah, it's a good backup system, really. Yeah, it always takes a minute to adapt, doesn't it? There are lots of things that they teach you when you go on any sort of off-road driving course. And the first one is stop and reassess the track that you're on you're not on a public highway anymore you can't drive like that absolutely not it takes a few minutes to make that adjustment but yeah. once you get into the swing of it you're normally okay yeah. 
So you see, we're just going to drop down here a little bit, and it is a little bit greasy in places. Well, I've got my foot off the brake completely. Yeah, the descent is on. The descent is on. Yeah. So just let it roll down. You just focus solely on your steering the car. Yeah. And you can see it's holding us back here nicely. Yeah, I can feel uh, that. Bearing in mind we're still in high four. Yeah. So if we were in low four, we would be going slower again. Yeah. So it's all about just taking your time and sort of reacting when you need to. Temptation is not to brake because you're always taught not to do. You that, are always you? taught on the old cars, but yeah. I mean the braking systems on the new cars, as we're in now, yeah. are so much better. So you can give it a little squeeze now and again. Yeah. It's a different game now, isn't it? Definitely. Just pull up here and yep. we'll just drop it into low four. Okay. So what we need to do is you now we need to go into neutral first into neutral then around to low four. Low four. And when it stops flashing on the dash that means we're locked in. So we can either just drop down into this puddle or you can skirt right up around the bank around the side of it whatever takes your fancy. Well let's keep everything horizontal. I mean just describe what we're going on here. The track okay, is, so is this split into a very soft puddle really full of mud and drop down into it which I'm taking very carefully and keeping all the wheels level at this stage. It's got a good departure angle and approach angle, this thing, hasn't it? You can very see. Very good, yeah, yeah, very good. And it needs it because this is muddy. And we'll go straight on here, head in between these two trees. You see, and it's a bit muddy and greasy in here, and then we'll just come out and around this tree to your right. Now, am I right in remembering that when you go off-road, you keep your thumbs on the outside of the rim. That know? was always the old rule before we had power steering and you could get your thumbs broken yeah, on the yeah. old, when it's snatched out of a rut or so. It can still happen, but a lot less so nowadays. It's an old habit though, I won't put my thumbs It's on a good inside. habit, it's a good <laughs> habit, it's not a bad habit to have. This is really greasy, isn't really. it? Really, we've had quite a heavy downpour not too long ago yeah. and the top of the ground now is really, really slick. got some very tight sort of little gaps between the trees so we need to keep it nice and steady there's the track you can just hear the cutting in there so we'll just come round just drop onto this track here interesting doing this in an automatic you would expect really off-road stuff to be done in a manual really but the automatic coach with it Absolutely. Yeah, we do have another truck out on which is a six-speed manual. Yeah, uh, this being the six-speed automatic, but both more than capable of doing the yeah, job. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> it's a good rule. It's a good rule of Tom. So oh, it's, hey. it's no pun intended. <laughs> a rule of thumb. We'll call it that for now. Okay. Carry on straight, yeah, we couldn't meet anyone coming down yeah, here. indeed. Keep us up. Animals as Animals, well. Animals, horses, good. We're even these amazing, uh, what are they? They're red kites. They are red kites. They are red kites, it's yeah. It's the tail that's the giveaway, isn't it? That it is, they They've got a, like a fan tail yeah, on them, yeah. yeah. Beautiful, I've seen so many of them. Well, yeah, they're well established in the yeah. Thames Valley now. Just yeah, we're coming to a large bit. clearing now with some burnt wood and broken chippings and we're climbing and the car is coping. One of the things you have to be careful is when you bounce around on a broken surface, your foot tends to wobble on the accelerator and you've got to maintain a position and try not to allow the speed to change as your foot is bounced. Is that right? That's correct, you? yeah. Keep as steady as you can. You control the car instead of the car controlling you. Yeah. 
reputation is to blunder into uh, grass. It is, but you don't know what's in there. Exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Yeah. My dad always used to tell me, never run over a cardboard box in the road. It could be a cardboard box full of bricks. It's got a voice, you never know what's <laughs> in there. just plugs its way up with a gentle bit of pressure on the throttle. So it's quite a sharp little torn around this tree here. It's always steering you have to allow for when it's loose like this. Always, you know, always. It, it'll understeer, won't it, in mud if you don't predict it. So coming us up this hill there, we're really asking a lot of the car on this surface, aren't we? We are indeed. We're up a hill now. It's very wet. Just keep the power on. Let the traction cut in for us. Nicely done. Just make you nervous doing this job. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> you got twits like me at the wheel. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but you know it can be a little bit dicky now and again. Stay on the hard track and hope just for a little bit. Glad to be on something a bit more predictable with me at the wheel. Uh, <laughs> no, we know we're going fine. You know, it's so wet now. It doesn't matter who's driving. We're going to slide around a little yeah. bit. It's so wet. Uh, just as we come past these pallets here, on your right-hand side, you see a little torn up into the woods, and we'll go up there. Past just, the just past there. the pallet there. Yeah. Look at these rocks. You yeah. see, it's so very wet. So nice and steady. Yeah. Keep both hands on the steering wheel. Camber as well. Yeah. So a bit of left hand down now, that's it. And a bit of right. Just take your time, nice and steady. Uh, just rule of here, just stay in the ruts. Yeah. Like Dave Ruffy, the drummer in the band The Ruts, who's been in the band The Ruts since 1978. Stay in the ruts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the front end collecting a bit of grass, I think. That, Indeed. That's how steep the drop was. It's hard to convey without seeing the pictures, just what we're asking of the car. Just quite a tricky little point here, we need to sort of yeah. stay focused on it. So as we come round here, a little half circle, we're going to drop into a hole, and we're going to try and climb out a bit. Okay. We want to come in nice and straight, both hands on the steering wheel. So just take it round, keep the power on a little bit, keep it on, take it round, and just let the front of the car drop in. And as we start to climb, get your power on, keep the power on, so put your power on, keep it on now, keep it on, 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 nice and straight, keep it on, keep it on. And now just ease off, well done, nicely yeah. done. Thank you. Yeah, I realised I had to come off the power before it started to bite, otherwise Ind it indeed, snatch yeah. me away. Just round to your left here. Um, I mean, you've got to get the wheels spinning for the traction to cut in yeah. to sort of carry you up there. Yeah, yeah. Opens up as we come out of the wood going up a grass track on the edge of a lovely open field. The temptation is to put your foot down and go, but you can't. Can well, you? you can do, but I mean, yeah. it's not necessary. You know, yeah, we just we like a nice, smooth, comfortable ride yeah. and a safe one. What's the advice you would give to anyone who's never done off-roading before and they've bought themselves something that's capable of? taking these sorts of challenges what would be the one I would say just take your advice. time ease yourself into it I mean yeah. the old rule of thumb off-roading is as slow as possible but yeah. as fast as necessary ah. so if you think about that there is sense in it lovely as slow as possible and as fast as necessary that's it I'm going to have that I'm <laughs> repeat that as my mantra <laughs>
steering predictable. It's steady and smooth, a la Jackie Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jackie Stewart would be a good off-road driver. <laughs> He'd be a quick one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be a quick one. <laughs> <laughs> he would. And he'd do it with an egg in a bowl on the bonnet. He wouldn't yeah. spill the egg, would he? You've probably wanted a few men who could do that, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Famous for it, wasn't he? Imagine you're driving a car with an egg on the bonnet <laughs> and you mustn't drop it off. That's what he says. <laughs> that's, that's very good. <laughs> <laughs> What it's like to pilot one of these things in the Dakar. <laughs> I, can, I can only imagine. That's be like being in a war zone, even for 10 minutes, you know, the bouncing. If you were doing it for hours on end, it would take some getting used to, yeah, wouldn't yeah. it? You'd have to be bruise proof, wouldn't you, really? Definitely so, yeah. This is lovely. We're now coming into a really open field with a. Is that a folly? The back of the house, that's an old ice house. It is there. an ice house, yes, I was about to ask, yeah. yeah. That's what it is. And the river's just straight ahead of us, really. I see it, and the track's leading down to it. Yeah, yeah Ice House, old Victorian way of keeping your gin cold or keeping anything else like your food you <laughs> want to keep cold. Yeah, absolutely. Would you like to do uh, river crossing? Yes. Quite actually. a good feature. Okay, what we'll do yeah. is we'll head straight down to the river. Take the right track yeah. and we'll make our way down to the river from here. You say water splash, that looks like a bloody great lake. It's a to me, proper isn't river, it? actually, yeah. A proper it's river. A, a proper river, you'd see as we drive. So, what we do as we're in high four now, we're going to stop and drop it into low four. Yeah. So, into neutral again, down into low four. There we are. That's it, she's locked in yeah. now. So, we'll just come down and as we drop into the water, nice and steady, create a nice little bow wave as we come through the water. We don't want water over the bonnet or coming into the air intake. Right. So nice and steady. I'm going to open the windows so we can hear the water. Absolutely. Is that a good yeah, idea? Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Just don't open the door. That's <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could see this. I am about to drive off a field into a river. I can't see how deep it is. I have utter faith in you that you've yeah. been through this and you know that it's no deeper times, than this yeah. vehicle. Uh, it's about two feet deep at the moment. Two feet deep, right. So I uh, should drive straight through, just around this speed. Perfect, nice and steady. Straight through. So just a See the bow wave? That's it, yeah, perfect. Just Surfing the wave. Drive yeah. up and out the other side. Bit of power to exit? No, that's fine. Yeah. You're fine as you are, yeah. Man. There's it. nothing more satisfying than fording a Ford, is there? If really? you like, we can go round through the woods here and we can cross the river at a different spot. Okay. Just a little bit further down. Yeah. And it's just past this tree here, so take it around. So nice and slow now because there's a big tree root here which we must try to avoid. So if you can keep close to this tree on the right-hand side, yeah. and we'd hopefully miss the worst of the root. So just let it roll in nice and slow, nice and slow, that's perfect. Yeah, just ease it in again, nice and steady across the river, don't need too much power. Just let it roll in, and here we go again, perfect. Just let Man, it push its way through. Up to the bonnet. That is deep, isn't it? That's deep, yeah. Is that's the sound of the water? That's deep. Just go left here a little bit as we come out. Perfect. Man, that's satisfying. 
here we're going to head back up onto the truck and we can actually stop and pop it back into high four okay. for the moment yeah so again into neutral and back into high four Oop, wait for it to finish doing its thing yeah i think we might have done a little too quick yeah. that's it there we perfect go. yeah we're yeah. in um, and if you like we can actually go straight you see those okay. fire tracks yeah. to, we'll head straight up onto the track yeah Watch out, little lambs. Out the way, sheeps. Come on, you guys. Get out of the way. Thank you. Vegetarian coming through. <laughs> Doing something like this does show you what we're capable of engineering in terms of a versatile vehicle which can blast along the motorway at motorway speeds quiet and effortlessly and then tackle some of the trickiest terrain you're going to encounter and you know, a vehicle that can do both that's not a bad thing is it best of both worlds yeah yeah, yeah. come on little pheasants or grouse what are you grouse yeah, the young pheasants young pheasants yeah the young pheasants out of the way roadrunner go on to the right go on <laughs> he will duck in somewhere go on little fella out of the way go on uh, pop it back into H2 now as well back under normal driving conditions and you can do that on the move you don't yeah. need to stop okay. yeah and now we're a road car again indeed we are Anthony thank you very much indeed for your expert advice calm approach <laughs> and patience you're very welcome I just hope you enjoyed it and I hope you've seen what you wanted from the car as in what well, it can do well I'm in no doubt that this is about as capable of an off-road vehicle as you would need this side of a Sherman tank, quite frankly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Gareth Jones on speed. And safely back to the shooting range. Thanks to Toyota for giving the opportunity to drive their very capable car on and off-road. That's it for this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed. We'll be back soon with another one. You can guarantee that if I survive these shots. <laughs> I am standing on an area that says, please wear safety equipment, helmet and glasses if you're going here. So I don't want to get shot. I'll make my way back into town. And you know, at the start of this programme, I said, you don't really want to drive a pick up through town but quite frankly I think I would rather make my way through town in a pickup than to have to endure the public transport system that's going to get me back to my Sora. This was Gareth Jones on Speed, I was Gareth Jones see you soon, ta-da Oh, he got me! To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site follow us on Twitter or to find out about sponsorship opportunities go to garethjones.tv Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. As slow as possible, but as fast as necessary. As slow as possible, but as fast as necessary.